Hey, what's up guys? Joe Ignis here. You're about to watch a video from one of my keynote speeches at the University of Tennessee about mastering your purpose. It went great, but I was testing out some new software, trying to live stream the speech and the quality turned out extremely badly. It was a bummer, but I still felt like the speech was awesome and I had some really good feedback from those in attendance. And so I think there's some really good content in the speech that would add some value to you. And thus I am doing this quick and silly intro video so you don't click away when you are confronted with pixelated horror in like two or three seconds, okay? So when you see pixelated horror, don't click away, watch the video. There's some really good stuff on there. I'm telling you, the people who came to the speech told me they loved it. And I would love to hear about if you love it as well. So please leave your comments below. I'd love to hear your two cents. It helps me to listen to you and build and bring you better content all the time because that's what we're about. We're about helping you in your life, helping you grow your business. I hope you do enjoy the content and maybe learn something. And please, again, leave a comment below. Thank you for watching my content at all. I am super thankful for anyone being interested in what I do. It's truly humbling and I really hope it helps you. I hope you enjoy. Not supposed to be a lecture. Supposed to be pretty fun and really insightful and stuff that you actually really care about. It'll be valuable no matter what field you're in. So it doesn't matter if you're a nutrition major or if you're in here business analytics or your accounting or whatever else you might be supply chain. This is going to apply to all of you. And it's one of the most important things I believe you can figure out as early as possible. And there's a lot, there's a huge source of adults who never figure out essentially what their purpose is and how their job and career line up with that and how to figure out what the heck they want to do with their life. That's what we're talking about today. Does that sound good? Okay, so a little background of me. I think, did you guys get an email about me? Know anything about my background at all? You sent one? Okay, so a little bit about me. So I went to University of Tennessee. And I was an AKSI. I am an alumni. Yeah. Well, yes, engagement, engagement, right? Let's stay awake. So I went to UT. I was an accounting major. So I did that. It was really miserable. It was great, but I did, I did good at it. And uh, I do use it all of the time in running businesses. Um, when I was in school, I was, I came, I grew up, uh, six kids in my family. So I was on my own for college. And so, you know, I went to UT, but I built some dis discipline. I built some, you know, I built some grit. And the only way to be able to do something like that is I had a bigger picture to where it was lining up the greater purpose of what I was trying to do. I was motivated and, uh, I started the Knowledge Gap podcast that turned into a consulting business. And now I do consult. I work with realtor salespeople, businesses to help with their sales recruiting processes. Cause guess what? I could go basically sell anything and I could recruit people from here to go do that internship um, for culture. And I, and I gained these skills. So that's what I do now. There's a little bit about me. And the purpose of today is they really help you guys understand why you need to discover and master your purpose and give you your first step. With all good things, it takes a lot of time. You're not going to solve world hunger today. Hate to say it. I wish we could, right? That'd be awesome. But you can take one solid step forward because I'm going to give you a template of how to start thinking bigger than just right after college. So everything's centered around these two concepts that we're gonna talk about. Why you need to master your purpose and how you take your first step, right? So my belief, every single person in this room, every single person on the planet within them has a purpose somehow. They they may just not know what it is, but everybody has potential. Do you all agree with that? I'm a huge believer in that. 
That's what I want people to do. I want to, I want them to reach their potential, right? So I believe that there's going to be some crazy statistics I'm about to show you in a second about the percentage of people who hate their job, hate their job and don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Because the question, instead of asking like, okay, you know, what is your purpose? The question is, how do you discover it? Because you guys have a purpose. There's things that you are passionate about. Would you agree? Okay. So here, here's some bonkers statistics, right? Did you know that 85% of people hate their job? unhappy with their work. If we split up the room, that would mean like you guys like your job and all of you guys don't, right? The question is, how does it happen? How do you not let that happen to you, right? 40% of students switch their major multiple times and 40% of students don't even use their major when they graduate. I'm one of those people. I, accounting is a tool that I use, but it's not my career. I don't want to sit inside all day at a screen and count numbers. That's what accountants do. They have meetings, they talk to people, they talk to clients, but that's what they do. And it doesn't align with my purpose. So I, I said no to that and I found something else. Does that make sense? I like to inspire people. Hence keynote speeches that are terrifying to other people, right? And they're definitely terrifying to me when I first started. And my heart's thumping every time I get here when I was walking upstairs to you. So we all have these similar emotions and feelings, right? Okay, so why does this happen? So here's here's my theory, right? There's way too many options. Of course, we don't know our purpose. A lot of people um, don't know their purpose. There's 864 careers that you could choose from, like pathways that go into like thousands and thousands of jobs. How do you know which one's yours? How do you know which one's right for you, which one you're going to enjoy? Why would you not explore to at least see if there's something better than the 20 that you already know, right? Okay, so there's three major benefits. Okay, so once you figure out your purpose, this is why you need to do this. Internal motivation. If that's at all a struggle for you, figure out your purpose and it won't be. Getting out of bed early, waking up on time, doing all the things. If that's at all something you struggle with, this will help you. Number two, okay, it gives you clear values, directions, and decision-making criteria for what you might want to do in your life. And it's very clear and it's personalized to you because you created it, which is important. It means you think for yourself, which is very, very important and hard to do. And lastly, you will make a bigger impact and change more people's lives if you figure this out. Okay, and the earlier you figure out, the better, okay? Because right now you guys make life-altering decisions when you're a teenager about your major and all these things you want to do. You have any, any little life experience. When you know what you want, you know who you are, you're forced to be reckoned with. I promise you the whole world will get out of the way for what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, so what does it even mean to like master your purpose? Like you maybe never heard of this before because I've coined this phrase. I made it up. But I think it embodies some really important points. And so these are my three definitions for what it means to master your purpose. Number one, you not only have a defined purpose, why you do what you do, but you also have a direction for your life. And every decision you make aligns with your purpose and all the things you do in life. The reason I quit my job is after I did this exercise, I spent a lot of time on it. There were a few things I wanted to accomplish in my life, person that I wanted to become. And at my job, there were a couple of them I couldn't get there long-term. So I spent the time there to get what I wanted out of it. And then I moved to the next thing. That's why I switched my job. Or two, it means that everything you do is, is for a predefined purpose, that it, you believe that it agrees with your personal values and passions for helping others, right? There's, there's a helping others component that I'm all about. I think there's a materialism trap. It's basically this desire for things over people. Things are more valuable than people. You know, things are not more valuable than people. Things are less valuable than people, right? But there's this, when you get into business, I, and I know because I've experienced this and you start making a lot of money, it's an addiction. It becomes this, I need this in order to be happy. And once you have it, it's like you have a lot of money and then so what? And at that point, when I was working that many hours, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, it was good for a season. Now it's like, oh man, I hadn't talked to my mom in a while. Woo. And maybe that's not something you actually want. Does it make sense? So your job should be working towards your purpose, not you working towards the purpose of the job. Okay. Lastly, being purpose-driven means that your purpose drives your outward decisions based on the deepest and most sacred internal beliefs. So that's where this comes from. Your actual figuring out your purpose and the guidelines where you want to go. It doesn't mean you don't have fun, okay? That can be part of your thing too, okay? I know purpose sometimes it's like, I used to think that being purpose-driven means that I, I needed to have no fun and 
make sure fine i'm doing my exact thing at the exact time and that's that's not exactly what i'm talking about whatsoever question is why doesn't everyone do this everyone do, doesn't do this because i believe i'm supposed to say three reasons i believe that people have a knowledge gap hence the name of the podcast in understanding these three things and if you can understand these three things you can start getting motivated to want to learn your purpose Number one, right? It starts with perspective. So perspective is how you see the world, your definition of how the world works and what you believe. In order for your purpose to be a priority, you've got to really zoom out first and then zoom in specifically. If you start with the end in mind, then you'll know all the steps because then you can see what you need to do in order to get there. Does that make sense? Two major ways. This is really tough. Anybody at Jordan Peterson ever heard of that guy? Okay. He's got some good YouTube videos and he talked about this one time. There's basically two ways to look at life. It's kind of hard to be in between. This is a tough question to answer. What comes with the answer to this perspective on life determines how you treat your time. So you can look at life as if what you do has an effect on your future and everybody else's. You have some sort of control of your destiny. Or you can look at the life that what you do has no effect whatsoever and whatever happens, happens. Do I really, I'm a big believer of the first one. You can't control everything. You can't control the weather. You can't control how people treat you and all these different things. We're gonna talk about what you can control and what you can influence, what you can't. Right, but I do believe is that what you do really, really does matter. And you do have an effect on the world and everything around you. And I'll kind of explain that here in a second. But if you get into this place, it's like, ah, I never try now. And it gets kind of scary. But if you accept responsibility and you say, what I do does matter, I mean, you can't, you can't quit. You have to quit doing the things that are negative to people around you. And you have to become the best version of yourself. There's three concepts. You may never have heard of these three. You may have heard of one of them, probably the butterfly effect. Right? So these are three things that I think prove that what you do matters and you make an impact on others. And if you believe that, you desperately need to figure out your purpose and your purpose needs to be about helping others in some way, shape, fashion, or form, okay? Most motivating thing ever. So you understand you're very in lottery. This is what you can't control. The butterfly effect is what you can influence. It's things that from you doing things, you are changing the outcome of something somehow in a small percentage way or a large percentage way. So the very lottery is this idea that imagine that you're playing bingo or a lottery and imagine all the tickets essentially when people are born. So you get a ticket when you're born and you either win or lose the lottery. You're somewhere in between because okay, so the percent chance of you being born in the United States is a 2.5% chance. Isn't that incredible? If you were born in the US, you basically won the lottery, right? Because there's only a 17% overall chance that you're born in a country that has healthcare and education. In fact, you're in college just to help you be thankful for what you're doing. You're in the top 1% of educated people on the planet. If you have talent, if you have education, if, if you're given a lot, you ought to go share that and help people who couldn't control where they're born into. This uncontrollable thing, it doesn't determine your outcome, but it definitely influences. So because you've won the lottery, you should do something with it. That's my basic argument. You should go help people who didn't. They didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. But now you do have way more choice in, than probably those 83% of people. All right, so that's something you can't control, but you can do something about it. Okay, so the butterfly effect is this idea that imagine there's a little butterfly somewhere over, I don't know, in Europe or Asia somewhere, and they're flapping their little wings. It moves like a tiny bit of air. Millions of butterflies, they're all moving their wings, and there's tiny little currents. They become a big current, and the big current goes over the Himalayas, per se, and it turns into some clouds because there's some water up there, right? And the clouds go over Europe, and it turns into a storm, and the current air current keeps going. And at some, at some point it, it gathers with all these other air currents, turns into a hurricane and hits Florida. And I'll start with a little butterfly. There's, there's this idea that essentially there's 8 billion people or something now, and you're just one. And what you do is insignificant. I disagree. I think the small things that you do 
do make a massive impact. It makes such a big impact that you'll probably never even realize. One little illustration to help you understand, think through how you ended up in your seat today. Think through all the little moments that had to go perfectly right. And that person at the first pledge event that said, hey, what's up? And they made you feel good and you felt like you belonged. There's all these little things. And if it went the other direction and someone was rude to you, you might not be here. I will believe that's how God works, right? He puts all these little things in here and we end up. That's the butterfly effect. All these little small little influence. You need to do the same. Leadership is influence. The question is, when are you leaders? You are always leaders. Are you not always influencing somebody? Everybody's watching what you do and they do what you do. In the summer, crazy sales internship, when I was going door to door at 80 hours a week, we had this very rigorous schedule to be able to be successful at it because it was really hard. <laughs> you know, have this routine and we'd go through the whole day and at night we try to get in bed, in bed by 10 p.m., right? And you're with like three roommates, like three inspired people trying to go out here and do this crazy thing, right? You have two types of people. You have the people who follow the schedule perfectly and they go to bed on time. And, and they're reading their little sales script they're supposed to say the next day. And they're like doing everything right. And if, if you have a roommate who's doing everything right and you see them doing everything right, you're more encouraged to do the right thing. If your roommate is blaring music till 1 a.m., how does that influence you? Negatively, you're like, oh gosh, not only do you not like that person because they're being really annoying, but also you don't get the sleep you need and therefore you perform worse the next day. So everything you do influences others. If no one's on their phone, it'll probably stay that way. If one person gets on their phone, it's called a tipping point. It allows everybody else to do it. So we're going to go do this thing called a be, do, have list. The reason we're doing this exercise is figuring out your purpose through logical means is, is nearly impossible. Like just thinking if you're like, oh, this would be smart. If I made this decision this way, that is smart. Not a very motivating way to think about the future of your life and how you truly want to live. So what you have to do is you have to tap into these deep-seated emotions behind why you do what you do. And you may not even realize why you do what you do. That's self-awareness and it takes time to develop that. And in these crucial stages of life, you should be figuring out yourself, you know, how you work and everything as, as quickly as possible. And so we're going to tap into uh, a very morbid thought, but it works really well. Okay. Imagine end of your life. This is for the be here. You're floating up in spiritual form above your funeral. You're floating above and you can see it. Say you've got a child son or daughter, they're about to speak about you at your funeral. And they're going to talk about who you were and how you lived your life. At B list, I want you to write down 10 qualities that you want them to say about you. Hmm, lovely. Those are great. Fun, good friend, disciplined, inspirational. Okay, so here's your homework for this part of the exercise. Write below all the things you wrote in huge letters, why? Ask yourself, why do you want to be funny? Why do you care? Go deeper than that. You will discover things about you didn't really realize. Why? Ask yourself, why? Why do you want to come off that way? What is driving you to do that thing? So, okay, now the next one is your do list. The do list help you figure out your purpose. What are 10 things that you want to accomplish, what you want to do in your life, right? The first one's qualities, who do you want to be? So if you're the person that you want to be, you have these 10 qualities, it's going to cancel out. It's going to decide for you. If you would like to be an honest person, you cannot go into a dishonest profession. If you want to be somebody who is fun, maybe you don't want to do a certain type of job. If you live out who you're becoming, what does that require you to do and what do you want to accomplish? So for me, it's like, okay, if I want to make a little better place, I want to help people with their knowledge gaps. Okay, I'm going to write five books. That makes sense, right? Cool. How can I add value? Right? So I write, so I'm finishing a book. You know, I do a podcast. It, it all relates. It connects. Because when you figure out who you are, these purpose, these bees, right? And you're doing a job that disconnects, you're going to feel unhappy in your job.
Nice. Perfect. These are great dues, especially if it's your first list and it's kind of hard to get 10 your first time. You're like, maybe I hadn't thought about it, right? And that's the whole point. You need to dream and think a little bit bigger. And when you start visualizing how you actually want to live your life and how it relates to your bees, and I would encourage you to go even deeper than that further, like long-term 20, 30 years out from now, even think about it. it's really hard to do. But if you can do that, it's, it's extremely helpful. Okay. One more person. Well, I like that. Make a discovery. It makes me so curious. I'm like, what would that discovery be? Wow. Awesome. Nobel Prize. That's awesome. You guys know who Jim Carrey is? You guys know the story about his $10 million check? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you two stories really quick. This is off topic. What's on topic, but it's not on the slide. Okay. So Jim Carrey, um, when he was like early, early on in his acting career, he wrote himself a check for $10 million. When he first, when he started auditioning, no parts. I don't think he'd ever been in a commercial or anything. And like five years later, it was like his five-year goal. He got casted for Dumb and Dumber. He got paid $10 million. So there's this Harvard business study. They took these seniors graduating from Harvard business school, I think. And they said, hey, who in here, who in here writes down their goals? And there's about 13% of people that said they had goals, but they never wrote them. There's 3% of people who wrote their goals physically written down. And there was about 80, was it 84% of people who don't have any goals, don't have a direction, don't know what they're doing. Okay, so they did a study 10 years later. They looked back at the incomes of, of the different students. The people, you know, who were in the 84% graduating Harvard, you know, they, they made great money. They graduated Harvard. They're smart kids. The people who had, you know, 13% of people who basically had some goals, never written them down, but they had them. They, they, they knew things that they wanted to do, never wrote them down. They made twice as much as the average person in the 84%. Harvard graduates make a lot of money, right? That's, that's a ton of money. Okay, the 3%, does anyone take a guess how much more money they made? Ted, do you know it? 10 times what? Actually, it is 10 times more than the entire 97% combined. Always write your goals. Always write your goals. Always write stuff down. I'm telling you, it works. If it's written, it's from your brain into reality, and then you can review it. And if you put it in front of you all the time, these Ds, these Bs, these halves that I'm talking about, you will start to remind yourself every day to start making more conscious decisions to be like that person, to do things like that person, to have things like that person. Last one here on this little exercise is your have list. Your have list. Okay. It's the same thing. This one you can have a little bit more fun with. I think the first two are much more intimate where this one's like, okay, what's the kind of lifestyle you want to have? One of mine is uh, have a smoking hot wife. That worked. Check. You know, that was, I made that when I was like 19 years old and uh, my wife, she is beautiful. Woo. I can tell you. So you can, you can have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, and, and these are the way you want to live your lifestyle. Like something you can have a boat, you can live on, you know, live at the beach or whatever someone said three minutes for this one three minutes everybody's getting a little faster getting hang with it lovely thank you guys for sharing that so a couple things i took away from that you know whenever i first did this and this is something to, to help you just realize some things here first one is when you picked your major you probably did the opposite direction of this you probably said how much money do i want to make what kind of life do i want to have how do i how do i do that and you didn't ask maybe the bigger why questions of who you want to become. It said you went just the two and you went out of order. Oh, okay. I want to, I want to be an accountant to make this kind of money so I can live this way. So then I go to college to get this degree and I do this internship and I get this job to make this money to live this way. And we, we leave out the whole B the entire time. Isn't that funny? They don't teach you this stuff, right? They're not teaching you this stuff. It's so important. That's a huge knowledge gap of purpose. Does that kind of make sense? We're kind of we're tracking. Okay. So flip, flip the other way. We'll make you ask some tough questions. Is what you're doing lining up with who you really want to come? Hopefully it is. If it isn't, it's really hard. 
to change. <laughs> it is not a fun experience, but it's worth it. So keep these deer. It's your homework, right? Work on these more, finish them, put them somewhere that you actually see them. Okay. Um, in fact, it's in my bag back there. There's a little book in the side of that bag. This is what I call a vision book. And this is where you can write down all your beauty haves and put it in a place. The end result is you have it all in one place. And you're very, very purpose-driven and everything I do basically lines up to that. Here's, here's the big question. That's great that we should probably change our thinking. Most people don't. Okay. You do the same thing you've always done. You get the same result you always got. So it's great that we know this and we all get it. We want to be more motivated. We want to help more people. We want to live the way we want to live, right? Why doesn't everybody do it? And I think it comes down to these three things, okay? Number one, you're worried about what others think. Maybe I was the one who see it. When Jack was like shotgun, everyone's going to think this is weird. You know, he kind of got embarrassed, right? And that's okay. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but <laughs> I'm basically saying you shouldn't care. You should 0% care what anybody else thinks. You got to stop giving an F. There's a really good book called How to Stop Giving an F right? You got to stop giving Fs about the small stuff. When, you're, when your purpose is so big, you stop caring about all the nonsense. For example, I post on social media all the time for my podcast. I'm almost never on social media because when you get on there, the psychology is that you start comparing yourself to everybody else and you're worried about what they have and what you have. And that's, you're missing the whole point. There's a bigger picture. There's people, there's that 83% of people who were born into poverty that need help and you could probably help them and you know something that they don't know and you could do something about it. Make sense? You got that's why you, know, you got to have that big picture. You got to look above all of the nonsense down here that everybody else struggles with, and everybody does struggle with it. By the way, no matter even if you have a purpose, you get sucked into that social media wormhole. It's like now it's going to take you months to get out because our minds are habitual. Does that make sense? Okay, extreme ownership super important that we really find this idea that our life comes from our choices. Where we end up is nobody's fault but us. Okay, I would say up until, you know, you're basically 17, 18. Before that, I mean, you really didn't have any choice about anything. <laughs> yeah, but now that you're 18, now that you're an adult, it is up to you how you live your life, period. You've got to own that. And that means you can do what you want. There's good decisions and bad decisions, okay? You can do what you want. The third reason people don't do this, it's really difficult. Out of the percentage of this room, there's a certain percentage of this group that may never touch the speed you have chart again. And I really hope that doesn't actually happen. I hope 100% of you will actually like use this, you know, or some form of it. If you don't use this be, do, have thing, you, you, you still figure out what your purpose is. Does that kind of make sense? But it's really hard because you have to reflect and look within. And there's some stuff you don't like about yourself. Everybody, there's something we don't like about ourselves, right? I play sports, I get real frustrated really easy. I don't like that at all. Still happens, God, I'd change it, you know? So I'm always, always working towards that. And you can think of your own examples, right? In order to grow, there's a thing called growing pains, and there is pain. Isn't that great? Yay, figure out your purpose, you get to go through pain. There's this uh, another little catch-22, right? You don't want to be okay with who you are now. You want to get excited about who you're going to become. It doesn't mean you beat yourself up. It means you're encouraging yourself to always being better. Okay, so three concepts. You guys ever heard the Milgram experiment? Wow, this is this thing's bizarre. This is really interesting. Okay, so Milgram experiment, back in like 1963, there was this psychologist named something Milgram. I can't remember his first name. But he does this experiment and he, he has these paid actors, if you've ever volunteered for a psychology thing, and he has these patients, these people coming in who are volunteering. Set them aside. There's a screen here and you can't see each other. There's a little shock machine and there's a teacher and a student. The student's the actor. So he doesn't actually get hurt, but they tell the teacher that when he misses one, you got to give him electric shock. Anybody at first, every time he misses a question, you go up in voltage. There's someone over next to the teacher, the volunteer, who's pressing the buttons and asking the questions, increasing the voltage, who's coercing them and doing it more. They say, hey, 
Well, you no, no, you got to keep going. And on the other side of the screen, as they went up in voltage, the actor would play like he really got hurt. He's like, oh my gosh, this is, the pain's too much. Let me out of here. And he would ask to leave. He would try to quit. And the both sides, right, the actors essentially running the experiment did not let them leave. So the teacher's like hearing this, they're hearing the pain. They think the person's getting injured. They're not, but they think they are. And they think they're not allowed to leave. There's a person over their shoulder basically like, keep pressing the button. No, no, no. They, they'll always ask this question of responsibility, but like, I don't want to be responsible for killing this guy. And they say, no, it's my responsibility. Okay. You want to know what they found? This is so important to understand about your brain. This might be you. We all have a certain percentage of agreeableness and disagreeableness. And if we don't know our purpose, we become easily agreeable to everything. The findings of this, 65% of people would press the shock button on a lethal voltage just because someone told them to do it. Isn't that crazy? And I think that we like to think, oh, if I was there, I would never do that. That's 65% of people though. They're told to do it and they're just obedient. And that's sometimes where we get embarrassed and we want to fit in, just like when you felt embarrassed about shotgun, right? We're worried about what they're going to think. We're worried about the repercussions and we'll compromise our own purpose and values for the purpose and values of somebody else. You're going to push up against that. When you define who you are, what your purpose is and what you want to accomplish, there's going to be opposition. There's just going to be people who disagree. Somalian pirates don't want to be honest. They think you're dumb for doing that. There's somebody somewhere disagrees with you. And so you've got to be strong enough and understand the psychology enough to know that we like to fit in and sometimes you shouldn't fit in. You should follow your purpose. The life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% how you react to it. Okay. I'll give you a story from selling books. I love this story. I tell it to everybody. So I was out there. It was my second day ever doing this job, 80 hours a week, never sold anything. I, my first day, I sold nothing. How motivating is that? The second day to give you the same thing. Um, so I went out there and I was working really, really hard. And I had this guy named Zach. He was following me. He was training me, right? And, you know, the day before I'd watched him make a sale right in front of my eyes, I'm like, it works. You know, this whole day, I have no sales up to this point, right? So he's watching me. I'm working hard. And if you're a guy in here, you know, and you tried to, you know, pull out kind of like reverse really fast, like look cool. You're smiling. Yes, you've done that before. Uh, okay, stop doing that. Bad. Okay. Um, I was I was in this country road area. We're on this gravel road and it's like a little ranch and there's a cattle fence, green cattle fence. Um, my car, when I was a freshman in college, it was purple. And it was a 2007 Ford Fusion. I whipped that bad boy out of this driveway and I didn't look and I smashed the side of the car, popped the tire and there's lime green paint on my beautiful purple, dark blue car. And as I hit it, I just, you know, feel the whole thing crunch getting like side on like this. And I was listening to the tire go. And so I pulled forward real quick before the tire went down and I'm, I'm freaking out. I mean, my dad just paid money for this. I haven't made any money for this. It's the second day. You imagine how you feel, right? And my manager next to me, Zach, he just smiling. <laughs> what the He's just like an unstoppably positive person. And so he's smiling. I'm frustrated. I'm like, my world's ending. Oh my gosh. Get out of the car. We go. We go look at the the mess, and he's like, "Do you know how to change tire?" And I'm like, "Never done that." Do you have a tire iron and a, and a and a jack? And I'm like, looking in the back. I'm like, "A tire iron, no jack." So he goes and knocks on the door where someone didn't answer for me. He's like, "Hey, we broke down in uh, the neighbor's yard or whatever," and uh, gives gives us a jack, and we we change it. Shows me how to change a tire, right? And so that happens. We get on the road. I keep working. And I'm just. He starts telling me a story. He says, "Hey, you know, I know it's been hard today." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And he says, you know, life's 10% what happens, 90% how rack. Let me tell you a story. He's like, my best week ever. He's telling him his best week. I'm like, great, your best week ever. This is perfectly exactly what I need to hear on my worst day of my life. And he's telling me about it. And he says, okay, so my best week ever on Tuesday, I was killing. I was selling so many books. It was ridiculous. 
I got in my car, my my leg felt a little weird. And on Wednesday, it started swelling. And on Thursday, it was like, it was swelling hard. I had to get a brace. And on Friday, Saturday, I mean, that thing was like up on the table every time I'd sit down with the family and talk about the kid's education. So on Sunday, he decided to go to the doctor, get his best week ever, made like $7,000 in six days. He goes to the doctor and he's like, oh yeah, man, you, you tore your MCL on Tuesday, freak accident, get out of your truck. He has best week ever on a torn MCL. He's just like, well, when hard things happen, you have two choices. You, know, you can basically give up, right? And you can just say, you know what? I'm going to forget about today. This is such a bad day. I'm just going to go to sleep and give up. Trying to never talk about it again. Or you can make a really good story that you'll tell your kids and your grandkids and everybody the rest of your life. And it's up to you. Gets out of the car. Good story. I don't want to regret that day. I go out and I work all day and I get no sales after an hour, no sales after an hour, no sales, no sales, no sales. 8.30, I sit down with this wonderful Hispanic family. I'm down in Texas and they let me in and they feed me mac and cheese. And they buy these little kids bilingual, you know, reading books that we have for like a four-year-old. And so I made a sale and they told me to go right next door. And it was like dark, pitch black, 9.15 when I go over there. But they said, oh, she's cool. Let's go over there. And I go over there on this porch, sit down with someone. She buys like a, an app subscription or something. And I didn't make tons of money that day. And it definitely didn't pay for the whole pie or anything. But I went home feeling like a champion. It was awesome. That led to the rest of the summer being successful. And when you look at bad things right now or painful stuff, right? You can say, man, you know what? This is the worst day ever. Okay. But if you fast forward 10 weeks in that summer towards the end, I was picking up my buddy on a Saturday. He didn't have a car. I had a car. He'd walk all day. Super nice Hispanic family bought from him. Hispanic people are super nice. <laughs> like I'm telling you. And so they had bought from him and they were rolling a tire out. They're like, oh, the grandma got like tire blew up on the, on the interstate. I was like, oh, I passed him. That's two minutes. They say, we'll just do it because I had confidence because I had to change my tire <laughs> for my second day. Right. I, I go and put the tire in. We go and we change the tire, right? And uh, as we're changing the tire, uh, my buddy starts, you know, tightening the lug nuts. And this grandma and a mother who have some children um, were like, thank you so much. Why do you do this? And I was like, oh, we're bookmen. Here we go. And they're like, well, here, let me see the book. And we just hand it over. And she's like, oh, we'll buy $500 worth on the side of the road. So that bad situation day two turned into a great situation day or week 10. That's how you got to see it. Like everything happens for a reason. And you going through pain and, and, and hard stuff like now right? Will help you in the future. Pain, pain of growth, good for later. You don't grow now, bad for later. This idea of the pain paradox is essentially every single human being hates pain, but through pain is usually what we want to do. We want to be successful, whether it's mental, physical, whatever it's usually not physical. It's usually just in our heads. For example, going through all that rejection, did you know that rejection is stored in the same place in your brain as physical pain? Getting told no. That's why we're all so afraid of it. But it's not real. It's in your head. But going through it, if you can build up some puffness, you're not going to worry about what people think anymore. And the only way to grow through that is basically get rejected. But we all have to go through pain to basically reach our goals in life. You can't avoid it, but you can choose when you have the pain. So this is, this is the best way to illustrate this. Imagine you had a big pile of poo. You have to eat the pile by the time you die. Two options. Eat like tiny little pieces every day in every single meal, or you can get it out of the way in the first Let's say, let's say in five years, which one would you rather do? Never have to use it again. You get it out of the way. Funny illustration, but it's so true in life. How many people play around in college and get an average job and they're eating their poo and they didn't face all their stuff early? And how many people go through their stuff, they get out of college and they start a business or they get a leadership position because they did all the hard stuff while they were in school, for example. Does that make sense? The proof is in the pudding. No pun intended, right? The proof, you can just see that's how it works. That's the pain paradox. Avoid short-term comfort so you have a long-term gain. 
So here, here's the conclusion that I want you guys to get. Every one of us has a deep desire to do big things in life. Nobody in here wants to just be super average, I would assume. I promise you that you have talents and gifts that people need to hear, that people need to experience, okay? In order to discover your purpose, you have to have a bigger than just right now perspective. You gotta go deeper and you gotta think differently than everybody else if you actually wanna conquer this and, and, and create the life that you want to live. And nobody can decide it for you and if you don't decide it for you from the Milgram's experiment, somebody else will, and you'll live their life. I really hope this helps you guys. Was this helpful? Yeah? Good, good.